Kaiser was king for 43 years, so we could be passing a considerable amount of time uh, through this. Uh, chapter 4 is a very unusual chapter, perhaps the only chapter in the Bible written by a pagan. I mean... Seriously? I, or no, I just didn't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know that kind of stuff. Do you know of others? No, I just know anywhere written by a pagan. I just I don't know that kind of novel. Well, wait until you see this one. Okay. All right, one to three. Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I thought it good to declare the signs and wonders that the Most High God has worked for me. How great are his signs, and how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion is from generation to generation. Alright, now this is Nebuchadnezzar telling this story. You know, telling to everybody the signs and wonders God did for him that have impressed him so greatly. So what Nebuchadnezzar is going to do now is tell about what had happened to him, to everybody. That's what this chapter is. This is Nebuchadnezzar in first person telling about this event that should cause people to fear and honor God. That's what his purpose is in telling this. Comments and questions? just the introduction to this. And when you go right in from that story to this, the first impression is he's learned this from the signs from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah. You, know, you, you start reading that and you think, oh, he's going to, it really changed him, but it's something totally different. It's completely yes. changed yes. ideas. Yes, exactly. Other thoughts? Okay, um... Same, perhaps, uh, 4 to 18. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at ease in my house and flourishing in my palace. I saw a dream, and it made me fearful. And these fantasies, as I lay on my bed and the visions in my mind, kept alarming me. So I gave orders to bring into my presence all the wise men of Babylon, that they may make known to me the interpretation of the dream. Then the magicians, the conjurers, the Chaldeans, and the diviners came in, and I related the dream to them, but they could not make its interpretation known to me. But finally Daniel came in before me, whose name is Belteshazzar, according to the name of my God, and in whom is a spirit of the holy gods. And I related the dream to him, saying, O Belteshazzar, king of the magicians, or chief of the magicians, since I know that a spirit of the holy gods is in you and no mystery baffles you, tell me the visions of my dream which I have seen along with its interpretation. Now these were the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed. I was looking and behold there was a tree in the midst of the earth and its height was great. The tree grew large and became strong and its height reached to the sky and it was visible to the end of the whole earth. Its foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant and in it was food for all. The beasts of the field found shade under it, and the birds of the sky dwelt in its branches, and all living creatures fed themselves from it. I was looking in the visions in my mind as I lay on my bed, and behold, an angelic watcher, a holy one, descended from heaven. He shouted out and spoke as follows, Chop down the tree and cut off its branches. Strip off its foliage and scatter its fruit. Let the beasts flee from under it, and the birds from under its branches. 
yet leave the stump with its root in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field. And let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts in the grass of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man, and let a beast's mind be given to him, and let seven periods of time pass over him. This sentence is by the decree of the angelic watchers, and the decision is a command of the holy ones, in order that the living may know that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whom he wishes, and he and sets it over the lowliest of men. This is the dream which I, Nebuchadnezzar, have seen. Now you, Belteshazzar, tell me its interpretation, inasmuch as none of the wise men of my kingdom is able to make known to me the interpretation, but you are able, for a spirit of the holy gods is in you. So Nebuchadnezzar's had a dream here. And he wants somebody to interpret it. This time he doesn't seem to be asking for the dream to be recounted before it's interpreted. But they can't even interpret it. Uh, not even when he, he's just asking for that. And so who does he turn to? Daniel. And Daniel, he remembers, it does have a spirit of the holy gods. You know, He is able to interpret dreams by God's grace. And so what was this dream that Nebuchadnezzar had? A huge tree visible in all the earth and providing for everything and everyone. And it was chopped down. But they left the stump. Yeah. So what happens to the stump? changes terminology and then starts talking about a man. <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. Uh, because you leave the stump in the ground and and let him, the stump, be drenched with the dew of heaven and eat beasts, uh, eat the grass like the beasts and, and so forth um, for seven periods of time. So this, this tree, this huge tree that, that's been just a blessing to bird and beast, is cut down, the stump's drenched with the dew of heaven for seven periods of time you know, he loses his mind. And then he comes back to his senses when he recognizes the, the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind and bestows it on whom he wishes. So there had been too much pride and God was cutting this pride down to size. And this is just the dream. You know, it's kind of a weird thing to dream. And that's why it bothered Nebuchadnezzar and he wanted somebody, finally found Daniel, who's going to be able to interpret it. Comments and questions? Aren't you ready for the, for the interpretation? That always helps. 19 to 27. <laughs> then Daniel, whose name is Belteshazzar, was appalled for a while as his thoughts alarmed him. The king responded and said, Belteshazzar, do not let the dream or its interpretation alarm you. Belteshazzar answered and said, My lord, if only the dream applied to those you, who hate you and its interpretation to your adversaries. The tree that you saw, which became large and grew strong, whose height reached the sky and was visible to all the earth, and whose foliage was beautiful and its fruit abundant, and in which was food for all, under which the beasts of the field dwelt, and in whose branches the birds of the sky lodged, it is you, O king, for you have become great and grown strong, and your majesty has become great and reached the sky, and your dominion to the end of the earth. 
And in that the king saw an angelic watcher, a holy one, descending from heaven, saying, Chop down the tree and destroy it, yet leave the stump with its roots in the ground, but with a band of iron and bronze around it in the new grass of the field, and let him be drenched with the dew of heaven, and let him share with the beasts of the field until seven periods of time pass over him. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my lord the king, that you be driven away from mankind, and your dwelling place be with the beasts of the field, and you be given grass to eat like cattle, and be drenched with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time will pass over you until you recognize that the Most High is ruler over the realm of mankind, and bestows it on whomever he wishes. And in that it was commanded to leave the stump with the roots of the tree, your kingdom will be assured to you after you recognize that it is heaven that rules. Therefore, king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away now from your sins by doing righteousness and from your iniquities by showing mercy to the poor in case there may be a prolonging of your prosperity. All right, so Daniel's not real eager to share the interpretation with Nebuchadnezzar, is he? What does he say about that? <clears throat> what does Daniel wish? If only it applied to your enemies. Yeah, man, this would be so much better if it was against your enemies. Uh, that doesn't bode well here. He said this big tree is you. And you've been a blessing to all these peoples. And yet then, uh, when... You know, Nebuchadnezzar was so highly exalted, God chopped him down and made him like a beast. You know, eating grass and, and living like an animal for seven periods of time. It's kind of like when, when a, a, a man takes away the distinction between himself and God, God's going to take away the distinction between him and animal. So God basically turns Nebuchadnezzar into an animal for seven periods of time until he comes to his senses and recognizes that the Lord is the ruler. That's the point of all this. That's the point of Daniel so far. You see the rule of God, the dominion, the sovereignty of God. He is the ruler. He gives the rule to whoever he wants to. So that's the lesson that we learn from this. And Daniel's advice to Nebuchadnezzar is you need to quit sinning and do righteousness and be good to the poor and all that. This is a very serious thing that's going to come upon you. Perhaps it'd be like Nineveh when they repent, God would relent. That would be his hope, I think. Comments and questions? Um, yeah, but no, that says that seven periods of time might be years. Do, yeah, well, do we have any? I don't know. is a really powerful illustration of what God thinks about human pride, human self-sufficiency. Other thoughts? Was this Jesus? <laughs> was what Jesus? Angelic watcher. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. It's interesting in 26 that, you know, after he he comes to this realization that his kingdom will be given back to him. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Lord's merciful, even at that. And that it, evidently, is 27 indicating that he still has an opportunity to, to change? Yes, I think so. At least that's what Daniel is advising him to do. Yeah. I mean, did Nineveh still have the opportunity to change? I mean, who's to say? 
They're not going to, but if they had, right? Good advice on Daniel's part, at least. Other thoughts? It's interesting that he recognizes that Nebuchadnezzar is a sinner, but, you know, he still is, like, loyal to him. You know, he wasn't like, ah, let me tell you what's coming to you. Yeah, he's, <laughs> you know, he's respectful and... He's respectful, I think, sincerely giving him advice, trying to avert this punishment. He doesn't want Nebuchadnezzar to go through this. That's a good point. Well, even people who are evil aren't always aren't necessarily always evil. Right. They can. It's a choice. Right. Good point. Yes. Hmm. Alright, twenty-eight to thirty-three. All this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar. At the end of the twelve months, he was walking about the royal palace of Babylon. The king spoke, saying, Is not this great Babylon the, that I have built for a royal dwelling by my mighty power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was still in the king's mouth, a voice fell from heaven. King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. Uh, the kingdom has departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you eat grass like oxen, and seven times shall pass over you, until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and gives it to whomever he chooses. That very hour the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men, and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers, and his nails like bird's claws. Alright! A year later... The fateful day came. Nebuchadnezzar's walking on the roof of the royal palace, and what's he thinking? What's he saying? I'm so great. I have to this amazing city. Yeah. An explosion of, of pride. You know, is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and for the glory of my majesty? He'd forgotten that dream, hadn't he? And the decree comes forth right then and there. That he is to become an animal. He's to live like an animal. Eat the grass. For seven periods of time. Until he recognizes the greatness of the Lord. This is the king. Can you imagine an, a foreign ambassador. You know coming to have some sort of conversation with the king. Only to be informed that he's out there having lunch on the palace uh, yard. You know. Wow. You can go out and nibble with him if you want to. Get a load of his uh, feathers and claws. I mean, that's really weird. But it's 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 the it's what God does to try to humble him and get him to see the Lord's in charge. That is the the lesson of this book. God is ruling. I don't care if you're in exile in Babylon or Persia or wherever God's in, in charge. He can humble those who walk in pride. I don't care if you're Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of the world. Comments and questions? It says it's included in his 43 years. Of yes. Thing. So, like, are there secular records about it? Or? No. Oh. Not that I don't know. I don't usually write these things in their secular <laughs> records. Uh-huh. Hey, I would. That'd be neat. Like, 
<laughs> if I saw that, I'd totally write it. Why? Just, you, know, but, you are not a Babylonian king, my uh, friend. Yeah, and the king has a little bit of control over who writes what. He, Absolutely. He controls the media. That's true. Right? <laughs> and in their chronicles, when they're in battle against another nation, they win every battle, even as they're... Uh, uh, coming closer and closer back to their palace or whatever. <laughs> they keep winning the battles and retreating. <laughs> Odd thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't lose when you're the king, you know. Yeah. I think it's interesting that he even writes this. You know, yes, he, it is. And that he's writing it to all peoples and all languages. Yeah. I, Nebuchadnezzar, had this happen to me. I yes. forgot that he's the one that actually wrote it himself. Yeah, it actually changed in verse 19, changed persons. So the king spoke, he's just talking about himself in mm-hmm. the third person. Mm-hmm. Just re- reflecting back on the, what happened. Okay. Well, verse 29 is that it's no longer Daniel necessarily, but. Um, yes, but all this happened to Nebuchadnezzar the king. So it's written in third person. I still think it's Nebuchadnezzar telling the story and talking about himself in third person. He does talk about himself some in third person, for sure. Um, now, did we... I don't know, I might have overlooked it. Did, did, um, did Daniel say anything about there being a year passing and then it would happen, or did he just say what happened? He just said it was going to happen. Okay, he didn't I didn't know if Nebuchadnezzar was like ready for, like, expecting you know, to happen. Uh, if he had it been, I don't think he'd have said what he yeah, did. Yeah, right. That wasn't very maybe, smart. Maybe he was for 11 months. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he did kind of watch, watch his attitude or, you know, take Daniel's advice for a while and then... That's true. Yeah, that's pride true. Got no, the better of him. What time yeah, that's right. exactly right. How, how long can a prideful, worldly person hold off his pride? <laughs> Eventually it comes out. Shines through or uglies through or something. <laughs> All right, so the conclusion, 34 to 37. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. He does according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain his hand or say to him, What have you done? At the same time, any reason, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my honor and splendor returned to me. My counselors and nobles resorted to me. I was, <clears throat> and I was restored to my kingdom, and an excellent majesty was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of Heaven. 
all of whose works are truth, and whose ways justice, and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. So this has been kind of a flashback, and now it comes back to Nebuchadnezzar talking in real time, and saying, you know, now I, I, I turn back to, to God, uh, my reason came back to me at the end of this period, and, you know, now I exalt God. I mean, that's the thing. It looks to me like that may even be his reason for writing this. Is This is his way of exalting and honoring God by telling the story of what had happened, and he's learned the lesson God is the sovereign ruler in the kingdoms of men, and he is able to humble the ones who walk in pride. <laughs> Exhibit A. That's an excellent lesson to learn. I don't care if you're in Babylon or anywhere you are. God is ruling, and the ones who lift themselves up in pride are cut down the sides. God knows how to do it. And, and just, you know, humiliates Nebuchadnezzar in the worst possible way. I mean, he reaps what he sows. He, he who lifted himself up is brought down. And he's now telling his story so that God will be honored and glorified and so the people will learn a lesson. So I'm assuming this happened in front of people, right? In verse 33. I mean, like what happened to Nebuchadnezzar? Like everyone witnessed. I'm assuming. Because I look really humble. I mean, I would good what to do if you weren't noticed by people, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how you could avoid it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's kind of, if it's anything like today, they got the paparazzi on you if nothing else. So. Got a hoarded in on some of the, that cattle space, you know. <laughs> Gonna have to open up another another pasture line. We have another uh, grazer. This is ridiculous. I mean, his, his, you know, nails are growing like claws and his hair like feathers and, you know, wow. He becomes an animal. That's just really, that's really impressive. And it's such an important lesson. How many times do we exalt ourselves? How many times do we say, oh, isn't this what I have done? Look at me. Look at, you know, my wisdom, my insight, my abilities, my talents, my money, my contacts, my success. And we start just lifting ourselves up and our heads swelling. And us thinking, well, look at these great achievements of mine. That's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar did. And we forget there's no achievement of ours. Anything we do, it's the Lord who does it, not ourselves. Mm-hmm. We must humble ourselves to see those things. And, and, and you know, you stop and think about it. I thought about this a little recently. I said this the other day in some class. I don't remember which one. But, you know, um, who does God most like to use for his purposes? The least why didn't he at least pick out a soldier to fell Goliath? Why didn't he at least use a large, well-equipped army to destroy the Midianites instead of 300 men equipped with lanterns and, and torches or whatever they had, lanterns and trumpets? Do they have that? Whatever. It's lanterns and torches. Kind of That's the same thing. Pictures, yeah. I mean, you know, God does that. Why did he pick fishermen and tax collectors and terrorists, you know, to convert the world? 
because God likes to use those with the least capacity, it really brings more glory and honor to him. So don't think when you're the guy that gets used, it was because he just saw you were such talent yourself. You know, he, he, he would normally choose to use the least suited. <laughs> but you have to give the glory to God. It's never babbling the great that I've made from by my wisdom, by my power. Comments and questions? That was a really good analogy. Between like how what we say through the Bible about him picking Maybe he does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, I just never I mean yeah, it's like that's all the two things that I've never made an analogy though how he does it. So. Well none none of us is exempt from being uh, you know, prideful, being proud. Uh, it's, it, it's not just people who have great position or great wealth or... We can be proud of some pretty lowly things. You know, it's our mindset. Wow. You know, we can... Wow, we... <laughs> it doesn't take much, much evidence basis to exalt ourselves. It's really, you know, what we've got inside of us. All right, well, that's through Daniel 4, so uh, real good uh, real good chapters. These are things we probably know the best in Daniel, uh, so I'm not going to belabor those chapters, obviously, but uh, we will uh, continue, Lord willing, uh, next week and for